Hello and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe Diverge. And I am Curtis Hatfield. Um, something's on my mind, Gabe. Uh, today, okay. today, today, a tweet came out, which I don't really know if it's true or not. It, it's probably not true. But a tweet came out that said the Kentucky Ole Miss football game was moved to 11 a.m. A staff member. And you know, the first thing that I thought of when I saw, I think it was you tweeted, and I saw somebody in the comments doubting the legitimacy of it. I thought about how much better UK fans are on Twitter.com of controlling messaging. Because this should have been, that tweet was sent two days ago. And today is the first day I've heard of it. That tweet, in some ways, is embarrassing to UK football. If that was about Louisville, that tweet would have been plastered everywhere <laughs> for eight hours. And I'm just disappointed in our fan base for not doing the same. I need I need the Twitter tros to get online and search through the depths of Twitter to find these things to get them out there because we need that. I I'm in here drawing comparisons to UK fans who and how they control messaging versus Democrats. Um, because I, I think it's kind of the same thing. So that's what's on my mind today. It's it, it's really funny. A, you know, I, I, we don't even have to like talk about whether the, the veracity of the tweet is, is correct or it's true. I do. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. I do. I do want to say uh, a, a good friend of mine who, um, you know, went to UK, um, you know, has, a, has a good job now. He joked with me that it's like the Twitter people are the foot soldiers, man. They're the foot soldiers of BBN. And For sure. I mean, like, you know, we, we talk a lot about BBN. We talk a lot about Cal and the repliers and uh, the, the at brow, de- brow downs of the world. Um, the, uh, you know, the, the KSR repliers, reply guys, they're out there. They're doing, they're doing the work. And if they see something like that, they're not going to, they're not going to mention it. They're not going to talk about it. They're going to keep it out touch and respect to that. But it's funny. It's um, you're absolutely right. If, if, if there was a tweet that said, uh, Louisville football or, or Bobby Petrino did not want to have the Florida state versus Lamar game at three 30 because his daughter was getting married at 7 PM. Um, yeah, that would be, that would be, that, that would, there would be 10 KSR stories about it. It would be 10. It would, it would, it would lead it would, KSR. <laughs> Drew Franklin would write, uh, he would write I, I, listen, a, a like he would write a toast. <laughs> he would write a prayer for, for the wedding. He would, <laughs> you can, you can joke on me opening the show with Kentucky, but honestly, I'm envious of it. I, if you want to talk about the things that I'm envious of, of Kentucky athletics, man, this is what I want an army that finds every small, <laughs> stuff that can even look slightly bad against my rival and send it to me so it can be plastered like an ESPN bottom line. Um, I need that. And man, I've just been thinking about that for like the last hour. So I'm glad we decided to record tonight because it's been on my mind. Heavy. <laughs> What's up? Do you have, do you have anything that's grinding your gears or anything that you have this space? 
I, I do, I do want to say I, I, um, you know, I, we found out, I believe yesterday and it's been, it's been circulating for the first few days of the week that the whirling tiger closed, Chris. I don't know if you ever made yeah. the whirling Tyler before, before it closed, it only been Never over made just under a year. Great. You know, a great little spot. And I'm mentioning it as a part of the group of places that have closed in the last few months. Um, the gold gold bar and then the wiggle room, I think probably right. the three group the three of them together. Uh, Chris, I'm I'm a, I'm going to be 32 next week. Or 31 next week. My well, I'm not saying 32. I'm gonna be 31 next week. I have two children. I don't go out late anymore. Um, but I do lament, I do, I do keep tabs and, uh, on my friends that do my friends who are doing DJ sets and things like that. And people I, I know it's, it's, um, you know, I really, uh, I, I try and follow it and I try and, you know, support and like, and when, when I can, even though I don't get, I definitely don't get to make it out to those things really anymore. And I just lament the fact that three of these venues, these kind of night, you know, nightlife venues have closed in the last four-ish months, I believe, three-ish months. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just Louisville, you know, you, you'll have people tell you Louisville has a fine nightlight scene where you've got, you know, the, what it remains of, of, of 4th Street Live, which is basically nothing. Um, the kind of grouping of bars down on Bartstown Road, the, the O'Shea's, the Molly's, uh, the Baxter's. Um, but I think there's always been and, and Z bar on Saturdays for which is really just U of L kids at this point and people who are just at U of L. But for the people who like maybe are not in those scenes and I, I don't know, like just looking for a different experience, I feel like it's been really difficult to find something consistent. Like that's just always changed, even since when I was going out. And mm-hmm. it's just a bummer to see that there was if you'd asked six months ago so you know i I did talk to someone i knew who was organizing events like man things are going great like a lot of opportunity if you were a person who was 28 moving to the city and you know you wanted to go find uh, a fun community and i left community was there and three of those anchors have left now in the last three months that's it's kind of go ahead it's kind of kind of one of those things where post COVID there's like, this is like an augmented reality. Like I don't even remember so many facets of my life before um, COVID and Louisville as a city is one of those things that I don't remember, mm-hmm. like how that felt. Um, I, you know, I, it, it kind of coincides with some of the most primitive years of my life. So that probably, I, I don't think it's all, it's all, you know, it's all COVID. There's probably some direct correlation. I got, I got married during COVID. I left my job. I traveled the world. I left Louisville, not traveled the world, traveled the United States. Um, but I left Louisville, uh, you know, a town that I grew up on, but, but even still um, it, it's one of those things to where you, you don't recognize a city and you don't really know what to quite pin it on, I guess. And that's just, that's just what you fall back on. I feel like. It's fascinating. It's, um, you know, someone, someone, someone said the other day, um, I was talking about it with my wife and they were like, you know, something slipped their mind and they were basically saying COVID brain. I I can't remember anything ever since I had COVID. (laughs) And I'm, I'm curious if we're just going to continue over the next four to five years, just to draw these phrases into the ground to where, 
we can't even have a conversation about like, maybe there's other things going on other than like <laughs> COVID. You know what I mean? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you don't have a good memory because you smoke a bunch of weed or like something like that. Like, <laughs> I, I, yeah. This is like vaguely related, but there is a tweet. I don't, I don't remember the guy's name. He's like a, like an infamous, like, like not even a troll. What's his name? It's like Matt, 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 Iglesias, I think is the guy's name. Do you know what I'm talking about? Probably, I've probably he's seen the, uh, the, the name before. He, he tweeted out, I believe it was him. I might be wrong. He tweeted out, um, I feel like people aren't worrying enough or like aren't concerned enough about like the increased risk of nuclear war. <laughs> and then I saw at least seven people and like seven people from like different, like I like, like college football bloggers, like meme people, fashion people is like, yeah, let me go get on that, bro. Like, let me go, <laughs> let me go figure out nah. national politics, international relations are good, bro. Like, yeah, of course I'm not worried about it. Like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like one of those things just is like, you know, like it's vaguely related, but I feel like it's just something that can only like, no, I know what you mean. It's in 22, right? Like, it's just, like, I, I, I feel like people are are i'm worried about people just removing themselves from caring about all these issues for some period of time that they really can't change Mm -hmm. covid brought people so much closer to societal issues and that is awesome people should care i mean my gosh we talk all the time about people getting involved in their city and their community and things like that but you could also take like 45 minutes bro for yourself and for your family it's okay and (laughs) I, I, you know, I, I wish people would do that a little more. <laughs> it's true. It's, uh, it's true. Well, you know, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. I just, I did want to mention, well, want to mention, you know, you mentioned COVID and you know, there, if it definitely felt like a, like a time, like late 2021, early 2022, that just the nightline scene was popping and, you know, I don't know. Bummed out for everyone who who worked in those situations. Hope they find their feet somewhere. And there's still places that are doing things, but um, just just felt felt like a loss for the city. I wanted to mention it, so I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, anything else before we get going? We we just we we watched we watched Aaron Judge in his 61st home run right before we hit record, which is very fun. And um, yeah, that was pretty cool. That was, that was pretty dope. But anything else before we talk about the. Uh, the uh you know interesting news at hand no like you said i think we're going to talk kenny Payne, um recruiting dj wagner uh louisville football and maybe if we could time craig Breenbird and a new ad and all this stuff that's <laughs> going on in the mayor's we'll, race we'll, we'll, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll, to we'll tap you know how we always go basketball football random politics or random little thing so uh it's been a few so let's let's uh hear that glorious intro Coming to you from inside the Waterson Expressway. Greatness started in Louisville, Kentucky. It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is What High School Did You Go To? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe DeVerge. And we're back, Chris. As you said just before the break, um, before the intro. Uh, we're going to, we're going to chat a little, a little basketball. We're, we're in the midst of this football season, but, but some news has come up and I think it's important news. We agree. This is important news. And that is the news, um, that we are finalizing the visit, generally the official visit season for this 2023 class this fall. 
Um, they're finalizing the Louisville Live. We'll talk about that in here in a second. But the news today from Travis Branham of 24-7, quote, the current expectation among sources is that neither DJ Wagner or nor uh, Aaron Bradshaw will visit Louisville essentially eliminating Louisville from contention for both those two recruitment. Uh, what was your reaction, your initial reaction, Chris, when you saw this DJ Wagner and lesser important Aaron Bradshaw news? I uh, want to back up just a tad and tell the full story here. Uh, please, please. About, about this recruitment from the Louisville perspective. Um, Let's do that. Let's do that. At least, at least from what I know. Please. There are, there are, I think that's a good, I think that's a good thing. There are a big segment of people that know more about this than you and I, or a lot of other people that feel one of the critical parts in this situation is that Louisville simply would not match the NIL deal that Kentucky had for DJ Widener. That's point one. Point two, Kenny Payne was soundly defeated in this recruitment of DJ Wagner. I don't, I, w- I want to make that very clear that these two things aren't mutually exclusive. Um, right. I, I think, I think had the deals, quotation deals, um, had been even, it still probably went Kentucky's way. But I think it's important to bring up that first point because it, if we're going to be recruiting elite talent, five-star talent, top five guards, obviously in DJ Widener's case, the number one guard in the class and the NIL money that is available, isn't used. That's a big issue for me. I, in 2022 college basketball, and I really don't give a shit to hear what the explanation is against it. That's the reality of, of what is going forward. Kenny says all these things about wants people that wants to be here and all those things. That's great. I want people that want to put on mobile basketball jerseys as well. And I respect Kenny Payne highly uh, for his contributions to the program and for what he's doing now as a head coach. Uh, but at the same time, you're naive to yourself if you think you can recruit that way in 2022 because you can't can be effective in getting high end talent that, you know, consistently across the board that I was told that uh, Kenny Payne was going to go after. So I, I wanted to get that in the forefront because I think that's a big point of this story. Do you have any reaction Absolutely. to that? I just want to add from the jump. I, th- I think, I think it's important to mention that it's from the jump that, that, that I, I, I felt this was coming. I felt this was coming for quite a bit for quite, quite for, for, for a, a while. Um, basically since that initial kind of like surge after, you know, I think it was what, like June when there was some, some crystal balls put in for, for DJ. And, and I kind of felt that the longer we went from that, the less I felt good about things. But you know, you said, you said soundly defeated, not, not even a visit, not even no window dressing to make this seem like, yeah, unless something no, no, no grift, no, no grift, no, no, no grift, no gift to grandpa, um, right. to, to come check out campus. Um, I don't, I don't know what the date of big blue and magnet madness is. 
Um, it's a it's a week before Louisville Live. I was about whatever, to say, I, I'm eighty five percent sure it's not the same day as Louisville Live. Like, just come to Louisville Live. Who cares? Um, you know, even if you're going to go to Kentucky, just you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do Grandpa a favor. Um, I, I can I can respect the the situation that DJ and his dad have with with Cal Perry, and um, you know, that's that is what it is. But but just the way that this happened to be soundly defeated the way this is, is just, it's a reality check. And mm-hmm. to, to see, to see Kenny Payne over and over, you put, you, you know, we're, we, I, I, I've been criticized a lot for things I say about Scott Satterfield and, and been told, you know, it's wild overreactions to one thing here or there. And I, that's a different way, but I think my, my reason I'm bringing that up is because we do have to look at things broadly as a broad picture. This is a really big puzzle piece, but you add that huge puzzle piece of this thing that we were essentially thinking was a done deal when we hired this guy. And then you add in the NIL situation to handicap yourself off the jump. I, I, you know, it's one thing if Louisville basketball is rocking in recruitment, people want to come here. It's fun again. It's, it's, we're at the tip top or of, of national relevance again, but coming off of these issues, you know, trying to get the IRP cloud off of us to go in and just say, you know what, we've got this great tool at our disposal and we're just going to keep it in the safe. We're just going to keep that, that gun in the safe. And that, that, that weapon in the safe, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous that on top of, I keep coming back to it. And then people have messed with me and like, you're overreacting to this, to the, not to his reaction of being surprised that people were going to be so negative against him, people that he trusted, right. Is I think his quote, what did he expect that he was getting into? It's just another, another piece of the puzzle for me. That's frustrating. I, I I'm not planning on grading his entire tenure on the next eight months. It's, it's going to be a process. I knew that it seemed instantly right away, you know, within the first few months of hiring Kenny Payne, that it was not going to be a Calipari like turnaround. And, And I think this is the nail in that coffin. And if anyone still thinks that I don't know what you're watching at this point, because you, we just have to refocus our expectations and admit that that's not what this is going to be. And that's still okay. At the end of the day, it can be, but it's still a bummer and it's still a real sting. I went on a massive rant last time about these similar things. So I'm probably not going to go down the same path again. And <laughs> I went in the last podcast, you can go listen to it, but I don't need people to tell me that I'm overreacting about global basketball. You can tell me that I'm overreacting about global football, but it's not global basketball. Um, that, that, that type of attitude is what has hampered us as a fan base from a basketball perspective for the last four years. I think people forget what this program is and what this program is about. It's not about losing recruiting battles to anyone. Um, it's definitely not losing sound recruiting battles to anyone, not getting a visit from a guy where you hired his grandpa. That's embarrassing. That's, Mm -hmm. that's pathetic for the standards that, that should be here at this program. And that's, if you think that's an overreaction, then you should probably adjust your fan. I think you should adjust your, I'm not even actually, no, I'm not going to tell people how to fan, but I really <laughs> think you should go back and watch a Louisville basketball game for four years. That fanaticism and that overreaction that you're trying to temper 
is what has made this basketball program great. The fans that are overreacting is what has made the circumstances around the program succeed. So I, I really don't need people to say that to me anymore. You know, we're at, hopefully we're at the end of the whole NCAA situation. It does appear that within the next month, there will be a final resolution. So going forward, I mean, granted that the penalties are not too severe and we, we, by all accounts, it doesn't appear that they would be, excuse me. Um, You know, given what, what, what Memphis saw and and things like that, it doesn't appear that they will be. I, I think we can move on from the whole don't overreact because that's, that's what's made Louisville basketball what it is. Right. I, I, I'm going to talk positively about, because uh, there are some positive things to talk about. The Louisville live visitor list is impressive. There are some positive things to say, and we'll get to some of that. But this is a big, this is a big discussion because this was the whole, the, the whole point of the DJ Wagner recruitment at, at whatever point, you know, probably two or three months in, it got way separated from what you were getting as a player. And it was so much more symbolic about what type of message could be sent within this rivalry and how things are going to be going forward. And to not cast that first stone, to have that first stone cast on you is it's a big gut punch, man. You, you can't overstate that enough. Yeah. Kyle, Kyle probably took this one personal. He took this one personal. He wasn't going to lose it. And um, it's, it's, uh, it, it seems pretty obvious that that's, that's the route he was going to go. And he, you know, put the money where the mouth is um, and, and went for it. And it's, it's just, I, you know, it's, it's a bummer. It's a bummer for, you know, for folks who thought who, you know, who really thought that we could get there, you know, credit you know credit where credit's due i mean you know after getting his ass not ass handed to him but but choking his ass off against st peter's he's he's one he's won he's won the off season per usual you know john calvary another off season another another win in september another off season championship for another for john calvary you know we'll see where we'll see where things are um come 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 march 2023 um, but it's, uh, you know, Louisville wanted to win some off seasons. Louisville, that's why you hire Kenny Payne to win some off seasons, you know? And, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think do that. we've had a decent run of coaches. You know, we've had two basketball coaches and I guess two football coaches over the last decade or so. I mean, I'm missing a basketball coach in between because David Padgett was the intern, but nevertheless, um, I, I don't think that we've had a coach here where people had so many strong opinions about him before he's even coached a game. And that was something I wanted to mention in here. We kind of talked about this in the live podcast, but KP's kind of brought some of that on himself of you're leaving all this room for a bunch of conjecture and a bunch of people to give opinions because you're doing really nothing to say otherwise about what's happening in the basketball program. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still on that, man. I I was on that last time. And, you know, Kenny spoke, uh, he spoke at a church 
He spoke with John Calipari he on stage and, yeah. and talked about how much he loved him and, and things like that. And I don't even know what to say about it anymore. It's just weird as hell to me, really. Like, I can't offer a whole lot more than that, but not getting any really much more basketball stuff is, is driving me insane as someone that just thirsts for it, I guess <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. But it's, so, I do it's so, feel like you're, you're right. It's just funny. This is like such like a, it's, I don't, when like I, when I say, when I say this, I don't want to, I don't want to completely like dismiss some of the things that he has says because he's made comments here and there. He's talked about, you know, uh, big guards and, and, and things like that and just general statements. But coming from summer blogs from rentbatino.com, coming from Chris Mack, who was the most online person all the time, it felt like it sure felt like there were a lot of offseason press conferences, maybe two to three check ins over the summer. Right. And I think we've got one press conference from 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 Kenny. And mm-hmm. I, I don't want to overstate it too much because I, I feel like doing that, I'm running at risk of just dismissing everything he has says. But oh, it's driving me crazy. It's funny because it's one of those things that's like, this is clearly like a huge moment in this initial year of Kenny Payne. And if it's a bummer, it's a gut wrench. It's a, it's a gut punch. But it's like, I don't know what more can be said. This sucks. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a letdown and it's, 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 you've got to refocus. And, um, but I, I do, I can't, you, you know, every single Louisville fan, when they talked about why do you hire Kenny Payne? One of the top three things was, was, was getting DJ Wagner. It just was, it was something everyone said. And if you didn't say that you're lying right now, I'm sorry. Everyone said Mm -hmm. it. Everyone said, Oh, it's a free pass to DJ Wagner. He's the number one player in the next recruiting class. Very smart basketball. People said this very well-respected basketball reporter said this as well. This is not just a card, the card fan at, at the card fan 502 that said it, it was well respected people. Uh, and he might not, he might not even be a lottery pick. Like that's, that's the whole other part about this. And it sounds like no matter any way I say it, it's just going to sound like sour grapes, but there are, there are people who are unbiased to the situation that feel the same as me, that they, they don't feel the same about DJ Wagner six months ago that they do now. Um, it's about it, about about him a, from a basketball perspective, but it's definitely a a representative. It's not you know it's 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 what it means as opposed to what it actually is. I think at this point, it, well, even even there's like, there's like, never even is a, a first round pick. Who cares? Like it's what it means to Louisville hiring Kenny Payne and what it means for the fact that Kentucky still has John Calipari and the momentum that he has. It, it that that to me is a much bigger story than what happens on the court. 100%. There's never been a there's never been a recruitment like this. No, this is this is the, the first big one. For it to be the first big one, I think is just like that's that's. And I was texting a buddy. I was just like, I think we expected too much out of him too early for this type of recruitment. This incredibly weird recruitment with so much personal connections to be the first one that we're going to really grade him against. Just felt like it. Just felt like it, you're 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 putting the the baby in a bath of fire. You know. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't mean a ton but really also the first online recruitment between uk uofl where there's like twitter warfare and you can really get a gauge of the 
felt like there was a month to month morale of the fan base mm-hmm. based upon what what was being said about DJ Wagner. You could feel the temperature just yeah. by logging on on Twitter. And that that's crazy, man. That that's insane that you know there, there will be crystal balls posted left and right for a quarterback going to Kentucky or you know uh, this forward's taking a visit to U of L, things like that. And they'll get, you know, two or three tweets. If DJ Wagner spoke, if someone wrote an article, it was everywhere. It was leading sports radio that day. And honestly, nine out of 10 times, it wouldn't be new information. It would be repetitive stuff, but it still was in the news cycle. Like, I'm not sure there will be one quite like this ever again under with these two coaches here, at least. It's, um, it's, it's wild. It's, 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 it's crazy. It doesn't make, uh, it it doesn't make much sense. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And I go ahead. The NIL part of it. (laughs) No, I'm just, that's going to really annoy me for a little bit. Uh, I, I don't know how much of a thing it's going to be become, but it's it's just it, it's it's just going to really bug me. Hi, hindsight's twenty twenty. Like that feels like I don't know. Like I know I know I know he. I know that was clearly about him, Amani Bates, in some way, shape, or fashion. Right. Mm-hmm. I I will say I have been told by people that there's still a massive nil. Excuse me. Focus in the athletic department that it is that, that I, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of Kentucky, but if you take from top to bottom, from AD down to coach down to, you know, the whole system, Louisville's doing more NIL than Kentucky, just, just in terms of actions, not even in money. I'm not talking about dollar figures. They're mobilizing more in that front. Um, so I don't know how much of how 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 much of what like you said how much of what KP saying on that front is that legit or is it just trying to tell trying to tell recruits who are coming in and saying I want this that that's just not how it's going to be you know mm-hmm. so it remains to be seen you know we we can we can move into talking about like this list for Louisville Live because I think that is interesting I think you know there's three confirmed folks. So far, um, the biggest name being 2024 small forward Trenton, Fla- Trenton Flowers, who what he's the number eight player in the country according to on on three. I mean, I use on three off three. Uh, the, <laughs> the other two are Carter Bryant um, from 2024, and then AJ Johnson, who is uh, you know close personal love of this podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think we're all about, we're, we're all about AJ Johnson, you know, Donda Academy wing. Um, what, what are your, you know, what are your thoughts on this? Um, you know, it does look, I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty nice group list coming out and you have to think a few more hoping, you know, maybe they can get Isaiah Miranda to come. Um, the, you know, he, he KB did actually just get his, his first, I guess, as if you count Fabio Basile, I don't know his first future commit in, in Curtis Williams, Jr. Four-star. Um, and Caleb, Caleb Glenn too was. Yeah. Caleb Glenn would, I mean like his first, like, you know, future um, yeah. one, you know, Curtis Williams, still a top 100 player 15th in, in his position, you know, seems like a good longer term 
college piece. Um, where, where, what are your other thoughts on, on, on this Louisville live? It does seem like it's going to be a decent event. You know, uh, unfortunately I'm going to be un- unable to make it, but hopefully they get one or two more folks um, to come out. No, I think the, I mean, I think the list that they're going to have is all solid, great players that you want to be recruiting. My excitement is centered around AJ Johnson, because I just think the dude is really, really good at basketball. Um, I, you know, I, not to make this another DJ Wagner comparison, but that's going to happen naturally. I, he's ranked second guard overall, um, by two, four, seven sports and DJ Wagner's one. Um, you know, I, I, I think pound for pound, he, is better in some ways as a player. He's a bigger guard, but it's not even about that. I, I really want to guard against doing that, but it's, it's kind of hard not to, but anyway, um, I like him a lot as a basketball player, but I'm more even intrigued about the whole Donda Academy relationship that could be formed. Um, especially with, you know, Adidas and things like that, uh, uh, getting a, the, the biggest recruit this cycle from Donda Academy could be huge for the future of the university of Louisville basketball team. Um, just because when you start that kind of pipeline that has a ripple effect, as a way to go downhill. Um, and obviously you have the Adidas, you have the Adidas connection. Um, but yeah, I mean, Miranda is one that you're, a lot of people should be watching. I, I think that the, the kind of the accepted notion is that he will visit at some point, although it's not official that he's going to be here on mobile live. Um, I, I think that you want to try to get him there. Um, he would be a key piece. Um, he talked about Curtis Williams, who's going to be, you know, definitely kind of a role player. Uh, he's, he's really, really similar to Caleb Glenn. And I talked about this with somebody else. There are so many of these guys that Louisville are bringing in are, are they're, they're fitting the mode of Florida state basketball players. Like they're these big guys, um, that are positionless really future like seriously athletic have a you know obviously like a physical presence and they kind of play the same way they do to where it's almost like you're recruiting athlete first and basketball player second um curtis williams and caleb glenn are like pretty much the same exact basketball players like you have two of them and both of them kind of remind me uh of mj walker at florida state um yes, just kind of yes. the way they played I, if you if you remember him so i i just wanted to kind of note that while we were here is that you're definitely starting to see some of the some of what kenny kind of wants to build and it's definitely definitely size um there's never, there will not be a situation in the next two to three years to where you're going to be looking on the floor and seeing players shooting over local basketball players, which would be very refreshing because we saw that too much. I would love that. Chris. I would thoroughly enjoy that. <laughs> so um, that that's good. Um, it, it'll be, it'll, you know, it'll be interesting. I, I love, I'd love to still get a really good recruiting class out of this. I think that's possible. I don't think by any means this is going to be the the ceiling of what these recruiting classes are. I think if Kenny can get, you know, a four or five star guard, you know, I don't know. Here, here's what I told buddy. I'm not going to believe the, the, the road is, is littered with failed uh, elite guard recruitments. 
the recent history. When was the last time we've had an elite guard that we were supposed to get actually show up to campus, right? It's been, mm-hmm. it's been forever. It's been since Peyton Siva, like, you know, like it's, um, so I, I, it's been since Terry Rogier, I guess. So let's, uh, I, I'm not going to believe it till they get to campus. AJ Johnson would be a massive, massive get. I, I, I'm right there with you on him. I really want to get that guy. And I'm so interested. It's, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see, um, how Louisville plays this season and how that factors into some of these things I've heard. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's also that, that will, that will matter, you know? Well, there, there's also what well, I, I kind of know what you're getting to with the, with the, that matter, as far as from a tempo perspective, you know, some players want to see Louisville play a faster tempo. That's more attractive to them. But kind of what I was saying is there's also like this part of it in the back of my head that I don't want to be too super, super strong on some of these recruiting takes I have because we have to kind of define what Kenny Payne is going to play at the guard position, because some of these guys may be two guards and maybe small forwards in college to where or in high school to where Kenny says that I'm going to try to make this guy a ball handler and run the offense because I want size over maybe flexibility in the offense or cohesiveness. that that's, that's, there's like this little, little thing in the back of my head that just continues to say that when you kind of look at the roster here, um, obviously you have Fabio Basili and I don't, I I think that anyone's kidding themselves. So they really know what you're going to get from him. It could be a range of things. Um, I've heard, I've heard everything from this kid's the greatest ever to why did they recruit this kid? Um, So I just kind of say muted on that. But if you just look at this team, you don't really know outside of a few positions, L Ellis at point guard, Sidney Curry at the five outside of that, you don't really know where guys are going to kind of fit in. So I really want to see this would be, you know, one of the years that I'm particularly interested in the red white scrimmage, right. just because I've, ne- I've never been interested in really before because it's, <laughs> it's not very entertaining, but I think just seeing kind of how these guys play and how they look, it can, uh, you can kind of alter your, your expectations and how you view the recruiting cycle, because it's going to look different. I mean, it's just, they're going to play a very different style of basketball. I can't say it very more is that when you look at Florida state, the guys that are handling the ball aren't, point guards or shooting guards like right and if if that's if that's a roster based thing that they have to do that out of necessity or if they're going to do that always remains to be seen but it's just something to kind of think about from a broader perspective when you when you are looking at some of these recruits that they're bringing in it, it, you know it, brand new brand new regime those first few games, I, I'm right there with you on that that red white scrimmage thing. That's a fun. That's a fun point, and I I, I hadn't even like thought about that um, until you mentioned it. Definitely got to pay attention. Um, you know, only so much KP can say. You know, I, I'm I'm more the things that he's said about playing style that's interested me the most is about letting players make decisions. Mm-hmm. And I'm really interested to see what sort of the principles and things come out of that. Um, because that's something 
you know, as much as everyone loves the way that Rick Pitino played defense, um, that was such a regimented system. It was such a rigid yeah. system. And um, at times, at times with, um, you know, with, with having Chris Mack, you know, that defense, that, that pack line defense just felt so lifeless, felt so empty. It felt just community like, uh, and the offense as well, just felt just so lifeless. So I'm really hopeful. I'll, I want to see if you can, if you can do that and still main, maintain some type of consistent identity. Exactly. Exactly. Um, of, of what you are. A- anything, but yeah. Um, and anything else before we, uh, we move on? No, I mean, just a kind of put a bow on it. I, I think I've said it a bunch of times over the last 10 minutes, but I think you can definitely say that Kenny is going to recruit athletes and big players. I mean, he's AJ Johnson, <laughs> six, five guard. That's that's a big guard. BHH, uh, Trenton Fly- Huntley, Hatfield, <laughs> big big <Yeah>. dude. <laughs> that's a, that's a big dude. Uh, Jalen Withers, where they're talking about playing him at the three, like that's <laughs> that's crazy. That's that's basically when you watch. I don't I don't want to cause any nightmares for you, but when you watch ISOs with Julius Randle in the first round of the the Eastern Conference playoffs. That that's what you're it's what you're what you're gonna see with Jalen Withers at times this season. Mention, I don't like I don't know how I knew, but I knew I knew you were gonna yeah. mention Julius Randle. And uh, for those you who better don't get used mix, to it. That's not the that's not the most enticing thing. Um, 2021 Julius Randle, sure. Not not so sure about this. Or 2020 Julius Randle. Um, but not quite where we are now. Uh we'll we'll see. And and I think in the in the coming weeks we'll 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 have a final idea of who's gonna show up to that um, you know, to Louisville Live, which I'm excited about. I hope I'm hopeful people people really get out to that. It seems like it's gonna be a great event yet event yet again. Um Louisville football. Scott Satterfield, two and two, six in the ACC Atlantic, um, took care of business against South Florida near, excuse me, a near shutout, 41 to three, pretty dominant, did exactly what you needed to do against a team like South Florida. Louisville now goes up to, uh, was it Chestnut Hill, right? Is, is, is Boston college. It is. Um, yeah. And uh, play Boston College Eagles at ten, a, a team that, that there's been a an up and down relationship with, um, in the Scott Satterfield era, um, but I don't think is a is a very good team <laughs> right now. Is uh, Louisville? No, they're, they're pretty bad. Yeah, the spread right now is fifteen and a half. Um, FPI gives Louisville a seventy five percent chance. It should be should be a win, but we've said that about other games this season. Chris, where where are you with Louisville football going into this little home stretch with Boston College and at Boston College and at Virginia two nooners over the next two weeks? Um, where are you with, with how Scott Satterfield's doing this year? Well, I'm hoping I can lean on you to give me something more here because I I don't have a whole lot to offer. Um, you know, the, the, the South, the South Florida game, I, w- I tweeted like before the game that I was curious if what their fan reaction would be, if, um, it was a blowout, they ended up being a blowout. Um, I, you know, they beat a competent 
football team. I wouldn't go anything beyond that because they're certainly not a good football team, but you know, they, they blew them out. Um, the defense for all intents purposes look pretty good, which basically you've seen two out of four good defensive performances this season. Um, but you know, I was curious if the conversation would move to the levels that I did post Duke last year. It didn't get quite to those levels, um, but there was a fair amount of buyback in, but it certainly wasn't to where it was pre the Kentucky football game last season. Uh, so I don't have much new to say. I think that they're going to win against Boston college because that team has been, if you've watched them, man, they've looked really rough this season. Um, I, I think they should win against Virginia. And then after that you have Pittsburgh, right? Correct. Pittsburgh. Yeah. This good pretty. You have Pittsburgh. I don't know how in the world they beat Pittsburgh because they've lost to the same type of teams for year and year again. Yeah. And then you have Wake Forest and that's whatever. So Wake Forest ranked Wake Forest. Yeah. And, you know, they played Clemson very well right now. I would say that's a loss, but Wake Forest has a tendency to always underperform after they've overperformed. So we'll see what they do. But I, I just don't have anything new to you. And that is kind of the take, right? Like we don't feel any really different than we did before the season about Scott Satterfield. That's, that's the take. Yeah. We're on a collision course for six and six, six and six on a collision course for it. If they win the next two games, that's four. That's, that's four. Even if, even if they do something weird and I I mean, they're, they're, they're going to find a win or two. I, 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 they're going to win a dumb game. They're going to win. They're going to win either the pit or the wake forest game. Just, just because that's the way it's going to go. Maybe, you know, James Madison, people are saying all this stuff about James Madison. I don't know, man. I, I, I just, I can, I can, I'm not even saying this because I think Louisville is good. I'm saying this because I know who Scott Satterfield is and he is going to bring us to the edge of the cliff and and demand we decide to keep him. He's going to say, let go, do it. And here <laughs> we are with Louisville football. We're starting to see some of the inklings uh, more, right? DeAndre Moore is his name, the wide receiver who who's already flirting with, with, with Texas. There's already some crystal balls in some folks saying that he's a lot of, fl- a lot of flirtation going on out there. there. You know, we, we, we've seen it with, um, uh, I'm just forgetting Ru- Ruben Owens, Ruben Owens, Owens, where there was a, there was a story out there that said he was visiting Texas A&M. And then he was like, no, this isn't happening. And then a week later, just seemingly conveniently, Deandre Moore is the next recruit that's connected to visiting. And he actually is going to go on a visit. Um, so yeah, there's these ripple effects of the disciples of a, coaching, you know, a coaching career ending recruits, leaving an apathetic fan base, short attendance, all these different signs. And we're left to wonder what the, we don't even know what the line is for Josh hurt. We don't even know if it's a, it's a clear, you gotta be this record or if it's a nuanced take of, man, they were close in this game. They look good in this game. They look good in this game. They look bad in this game. 
we don't know what that is. And I'm not, you know, I'm not coming out here saying he should come out and say what that is, because that's fine. You don't, you don't want to put that into the public sphere, but I'm just saying that to kind of illustrate some of our frustration of not knowing where we're going, (laughs) you know, like it's, it's like being a eight and nine NFL team. It's the worst place you can possibly be. Yeah. It's being Jeff Fisher. I said Jeff Fisher a few days ago and I kind of thought that was a little rude to Jeff Fisher, but I I think that's (laughs) right. (laughs) Um, There's nothing worse than being mediocre. If you're bad, you can figure out something to, to be better. If you're mediocre, uh, if you're good, you're good. And if you're mediocre, you're just in this liminal spaces in between. Um, I, it's, it's, it's so odd where we, we have this conversation over and over again. I, I do think the schedule just really doesn't help Scott Satterfield here. Um, or it does in some way, he can look at it either way. You get Clemson and it comes at Clemson at home against NC state and at Kentucky. He can't get his ass whooped three times in a row at the end of the season. I think you're right. I, I, I do think you're right that there is this aspect of to where this isn't purgatory, given that the way this, this schedule has kind of shaped out where, man, you look at the back end, there's some hell of teams there at the end. NC state still will, will say to the end of days that even if they go out and they beat Clemson, I will still have my doubts about NC state fraudulent yep. alert, but that's fine. They've been better than I thought they would have been. Now I'll, I'll grant them that. That's fine. That's fine. Um, but you know, the back end of the schedule is you're saying you're going to have to at least beat someone that you kind of respect for Satterfield to keep his job. Right. Right. He can't lose those last three games, especially in multi-touchdown facet and still possibly keep his job. I don't think. No, I, I no, I, I yeah, anything's a surprise. Um, it's, it's, uh, have you seen any of this stuff that the, the whispers, the, um, the, the guy posting on some of the forums who's kind of linked up with the Clarksons who's like, don't worry. Like, well, the, the people have asked him on the boards, like, will he come mm-hmm. if that's not here? It's like, yeah, yeah don't worry about it. I don't know yeah. if I believe that, but I'm just, but it has been interesting. That to me tells me that the Clarksons at least theoretically have thought about a post Satterfield move. Right. Do you think if do you think if Josh Hurd decided that he wanted to fire Scott Satterfield that he would have a conversation with Steve Clarkson before? Does I, he I, have that? Does he have that much pull? I think he would, but I don't necessarily think it means he has that. It would. Yeah, I don't know if it would be seeking out what your opinion. I think it would just be this is happening, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think both of the answers to that, that, that's where I land with it. I I don't know. It's, man, it's, uh, it's just difficult to talk about because it's difficult to progress the conversation from where we are. Because let me ask you, you, let's try and let's try and talk about it in a little X's and O's then where, what do you think needs to improve where, because I have seen this talk about, Offense and defense. 
Which side do you think needs to improve more for Scott Satterfield to have a better chance of keeping his job this season? It's not even people get so hung up on the play calling. That's one of those things, but that I'm like, one of those people. I'm one of those people. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you're certainly not that that is, that is the loud majority of the play yes. calling, but I, I don't get hung up on so much of that. And I don't even get hung up on the positional group. And I'll answer your question in a second, because I, I do want to answer it, but I, like I, I, I just get caught up on the thing that we talked about at the beginning of the year of when they took the ball at Florida state, nobody in their right mind thought they were going to win that game. I don't want to feel that way. There's to no not feel that way. They I don't feel competent. I don't feel there's competency. I don't feel good. We, when Florida state, like it just, they bring in a backup QB. Like, I don't care how tall the dude is put three mm-hmm. people on the dude catching all the balls. I don't care. And it's, it's just, it, it feels enough. right now, right now, the, this season, I would say the offense, um, they, that's why I want it. They, uh, they, they haven't had a play over 40 yards this year. And the last three years leading up to this season, they've been in the top 25 of that category of plays over 40 yards. It's a great which, so, I mean, that's, that's been a, it's been Satterfield's best thing is to have that Tyler hero, to have that two, two at will to have um, who is the, kid in the backfield that they had last year that went to the draft and didn't play the last few games of the season. Um, dynamic running back. I can't remember his name to have these guys Hawkins. Yeah. JV on Hawkins, probably one of the better backs that Louisville's had in the last decade or so to have these guys that are absolute playmakers. Um, and all you really have with this offense now is Malik making those runs and he can only do so much, um, from that perspective. I think, Tyon Evans is really good, but he's been banged up, which shouldn't be any surprise. He's had issues from an injury perspective his entire career. Um, so, and you this know, line, Chris, this line was supposed to be better, man. This line was supposed to be better. Yeah, it does yeah, not feel like sure. it's where, where I was told it was going to be. Yeah. I, I, I try, I think the offensive line is a very difficult thing to evaluate. So I do try my best to not make strong, strong opinions on that, especially this early in the season, but for sure, I think you can just look at some games and see that their teams are getting more pressure um, than you would expect that they would get. I said something about this today that Lobo's top 25 in sacks. That's crazy because it doesn't feel that way. They're like 17th. Uh, they're tied with a host of other teams, like 10 other teams. So, you know, there's a bunch of teams jamming in there because it's still pretty early in the season. But there's these things that Louisville does to where they dominate. They make a lot of plays. And I think that that's even more telling to how the the morale is around Scott Satterfield, because right. they'll make a bunch of plays over the course of the game. But you still look back and you're not happy. Mm. That's, that's that's a sour environment. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's interesting. You know, you you talked about that sack thing. I remember you, you said that to me a few days ago and I, I was just noticing Louisville still 70th um, in defensive S and P plus, um, which I think is, I think it's interesting that, you know, um, and, and I, I kind of key into those stats a lot as well. Um, man, it's just, I, I'm trying to think about a situation. I'm personally trying to think about a situation, not because I want this and I, you know, People, people like to think I, I root for Louisville to lose. Um, but what is the situation where Scott Satterfield is, is fired mid season, right? 
Um, is it, is it two straight losses? Is it, because I think, I think, I, I think Josh Hurd can swallow losses to pit losses to wake forest. I think, I think he could even swallow one loss over the next two on this road trip. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's, it's such an, it's such a weird schedule because I, mean, I think there's literally have five games against ranked teams for the rest of the season. <laughs> five, five of the six final games are against ranked teams. And one I don't think that's really performed well. I don't think we've ever got to this point to where Satterfield's players have quit on him. Um, he's yeah. been a good motivator. They've always been able to respond relatively strong um, after wins. You know, South Florida was more evidence of that. I thought there was a chance that they could come out of that game flat. They didn't. They didn't didn't yes, start the I game agree. flat. So that was I that agree. was more evidence of that. So I don't think you ever get to that point unless the players are just outright quitting on the coach. I do think there's value when you're if you do, you know, ultimately decide to make a move. I think there's value on letting a coach get through that fourth year just from perspective candidates to see that to see that, you know, some guy was given some time even towards the end to, you know, go on a miraculous run and maybe change things. So I, I don't think you gain any value on firing him in the end of the season. I actually think you kind of maybe may, may lose some value um, when you're looking at your candidate pool going forward. So I don't think that happens, but I, I don't even think we can comfortably say even to this point, what record gets him fired six and six gets murky seven and five keeps his job five and seven probably gets him fired six and six is the one that will probably end up happening that we don't know what will happen from you know josh Hurden. we don't we don't anybody that says otherwise i i you know i don't know where you're getting that information from and and uh, inevitably that's what's going to happen. <laughs> that's what, that's what we're bearing. Towards. I think that just really does depend on then how they perform in those last three games. Can they keep it close yeah. against Kentucky? Can they look respectable against Kentucky? Can they almost beat Clemson? Can they almost beat NC state? I, I think, I think if they get, I think if they do some of those things, they maybe do, may, they maybe are close in two or three of those games. Maybe they're close against NC state and at Kentucky. I think probably are the most likely ones. Um, I don't know. I just, um, that's, that's where I think he might keep his job. It's, it's Yeah. I mean, they, they may, it's just wild that you're looking at getting a few touchdowns against Clemson or getting a few more touchdowns against Kentucky. And that's the difference between a guy staying or going. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's silly because, you know, it, it, it all comes down to results, wins and losses. Uh, eventually they all accumulate to whether you're hired or fired, but just to kind of pinpoint a few games towards the end of the schedule. And I think you're right though. I mean, I, I, the Kentucky game is interesting because of the offensive line struggles that they've had. And Louisville has surprisingly to me had, uh, been a national leader in sacks that maybe you think they can give them more problems than you otherwise thought. Um, well, they have previously, but, at least, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I think you're right though. If, if they do get the six and six, it's really just going to come down to where you're, what the taste is in your mouth after those last few games. We will see. There will be plenty to come on, on those fronts. Um, anything else on, on, on Louisville football, you're, you're, you're pretty locked in on six and six. 
doesn't feel any different. I mean, it just feels like that we've been in this world of Louisville football purgatory for a little while now. So why give us anything different? Just give us the the hardest possible decision and not give us any clarity. It feels like we're on a collision course with it. It really does. It just, it just does. Um, You mentioned, you know, potentially talking about uh, the Louisville mayoral race, which is, is fast approaching. We, we, we're five ish weeks from it. And, you know, you mentioned, I even, I, I texted, I, I sent, you know, to a group, a group text. I was like, man, there's Bill Deere of signs everywhere in this city. And I know you, I know you're not, you, you were here just a few weekends. I don't know if you know, I don't know if it had really gone up by the time you were here for that opener, um, for that home opener. But, um, the builder of the campaign, he's the Republican running for mayor. Um, it's, it's, it's mobilized. It's, it's there <laughs> signs everywhere. They, um, you know, they obviously tend to be at the bigger, nicer houses, which tend to be on the corners of large intersections and large, large streets. And they're very out there. And I cannot tell you the last time I saw Craig Greenberg, um, yard sign. Um, I went to Nulu Fest last weekend. Bill Deer was there. There was a booth there. Um, I'd, if, if Craig Greenberg was walking around, I didn't see him. I'm not trying to say he wasn't there and, and lie about it. I just didn't, I didn't see a, a presence from him. These things are anecdotal. These things, you know, people, you know, you sure. know any, any scientist, any stats person, polls nerd is going to tell you that doesn't mean anything, et cetera, et cetera. But I have been getting a sense of momentum on that side. And you, you know, you shared with me just before, um, we chatted uh, before we started recording that there is the first ad. Well, not maybe, I don't know, the latest ad out for Craig Greenberg. And it really just specifically talks about abortion and, and, and the aftermath of overturning. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's a banger. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's a fireball. It's, 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 um, it's high heat. It's, um, it goes, it goes there, it goes there. And it says that DRF is, uh, obviously, you know, know, he's Republican. So, you know, you can guess where, where he is and he is not, but, you know, I think one thing that Greenberg had said pretty explicitly is that he won't allow MPD to be used in any sort of enforcement um, of any of these rules. A lot of that is to be upfront, just as I, I disagree with the overturning, but a lot of that is posturing. Like there's just a, like, that's just, you, you know, you're saying that's the same thing with like the, you know, with um, you know, some, some of the other things that have happened kind of since 2016 with uh, you know, immigrants like, Oh, we're not going to use police to enforce immigration laws, stuff like that. Same, same sort of thing. A lot of that's posturing because that's not even necessarily something that would be done by LMPD, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just but, saying that. But talking about it, talking about it from a, a strategy um, perspective, I, you know, you, you talk about, the candidate that's opposing Greenberg, I always say his name correctly, so I'll try to avoid Bill Duraf. Is that is that correct? Bill Duraf. Bill Duraf. Bill Duraf is uh, yeah. the most. I, I, I try I to avoid Dureff. saying as much as I can. Okay, cool. So like, there is obviously, 
I, you know, I've, you can look at the science and stuff and put the momentum from that perspective. But I, I, I felt that just being, you know, in Louisville, talking to people, um, Twitter, things like that, there, there's some momentum from him. And it feels like it, it's kind of organic. I do think it's an interesting strategy from Craig Greenberg to try to, you know, go through the whole abortion route to, to pull some momentum because there's not really many things that excite you about Craig Greenberg that, 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 what what can he build momentum from if it's not that is is the abortion route is is that the is that the uh i mean i the, think probably the best route he's, he's copping he's copping off the momentum that i think you know a lot of democrats nationally have had i think that's nationwide yeah race you know i think that's why they're back in a lot of these situations when every tradition and historical marker and indicator says that Democrats should lose and lose handily. Um, they're closer in a lot of places because of this. So I get where he's coming from. I do think, I, I do think it's, uh, it's something that, that will kind of keep, keep people in line is kind of the worst thing, but uh, there are more Democrats. No, I know what you mean. I I know what you mean though. That's, that's a, it's, it's, it's pretty much, it's a bottle rocket, not necessarily an SOS bottle rocket from the Titanic, but it's like, it's like, you know how Cardinal stadium puts those fireworks in the air when like people need to get to their seat. (laughs) That's what this is from Craig Greenberg. It's like, okay. This race might be a little bit more competitive than we were expecting. We're not worried or anything, but, but we're just going to go ahead and we're just going to go ahead and drop this ad because you need to get your ass to the stadium. That might be the best thing. <laughs> I'm just trying so to get good. a gauge. That's so good. <laughs> but it's I'm just trying to get a gauge right. on, on, on how competitive, how competitive this race could actually be. Because let's be clear, Greenberg hasn't had to, like, no one's been super negative. This is a really negative ad for the guy that's supposedly going to win this race by 20 points. Yeah, and I think, like, while this is more of a conversation, the atmosphere is right for a Republican to win a race. If they were ever going to win a race, it's going to be right now, right? I mean, we've moved past, it almost feels like you move past the anger of Greg Fisher to where it's just like, all complete out apathy yeah towards anyone in the mayor office in Lobo. like it's just disgusting apathy mm-hmm. so the atmosphere is right it's it's interesting it's um I, I, i'm still like focused on what you said because it's perfect but um <laughs> No, like, and, and, and Greenberg did come out with an ad that was like specifically about the, the attempted shooting that he was involved in. Um, and it was, I'm surprised it hasn't been harnessed more to be honest with you. Well, I mean, I guess he did come out, the ad ad came out and it came on Twitter and I don't, I I don't, I don't know enough about what's going on internally that may have, and I don't watch, I don't watch local stations all that often. So that ad may have gotten played. Um, but it was, I think the best description was it had mixed reviews online. And I wonder if that's, that's, that, that's what I was kind of getting to you because yeah. taking, taking kind of that circumstance, like that position, you're taking a very, you're almost like tapping into conservative positions there. You're, you're mm-hmm. definitely like walking that line for sure. If you want to go all in about, 
because you're getting to conversations about, you know, expanding the police, uh, about gun control, about all of these things. So I was kind of curious just from a, you know, a general curiosity perspective of how much of that would be politicized. And I mean, you said they run the ad and it, it got mixed reviews. It didn't seem like it ran very long, did it? I think it was just online. And again, I might like, I only saw it online. I, I can't speak to if it was yeah. actually put places. Um, it is interesting. It's um, you know, we've had this situation where um, I think you've seen like the, you know, Charles Booker, who I think we're, we're, we're fans of and we really respect and support. And it does seem like, like not, not that I would ever have bet, a lot of money that Charles Booker was going to beat Rand Paul, but it like Rand Paul has refused to do any um, debates. It does seem like yeah. that race is just kind of slow moving towards its natural end and conclusion, which is a bummer. Yeah. I, wish, I wish it yeah. would have, I wish there would be a little bit more opportunity for honestly, Charles would just kind of talk to people statewide, just generally like on a broad platform for me that I think even if he loses by a large margin, just to have those opportunities for him to kind of speak and, you know, people across the Commonwealth to see. It seems, it seems, it seems like for him, there was a moment and it was about a month and it was gone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if that, that race against Amy McGrath would have been two months later, I think there could have been a real opportunity there, but it wasn't. So it was just, I mean, it was just gone. It was gone. (laughs) Um, So we'll, you know, obviously we see, we'll see what's next for him. Um, But that is interesting to me. I'm only mentioning that because I do think like the lack of like momentum on that train. Yeah is a detriment to Greenberg is of heavy detriment to Greenberg. If that was like an actual, like not even, not even like, Oh, this race is within five points. It's like, Hey, like it's a 10 point race. Like, you know, you never know. Like it's probably not going to happen, but you never know. No one's talking about that race. No one's talking about the Senate race, but if people were saying um, that would help Craig Greenberg and it's not. So you saying, you saying Greenberg less than 10 yet. I haven't seen, I haven't seen a poll in a while. I was just, just, just asking you in general. I think it'll be between 10 and 15 points. Yeah. I think it'll be closer. We'll see what, uh, we'll see what this ad's doing. I mean, he's got the money to put it everywhere um, mm-hmm. and we'll see what the response is. But I mean, that's the thing about Deeriff is he's kind of run as this, um, you know, what we've seen from him is trying to get Democrats to come to his side. He's had this guy, this guy who lives in what Baton Rouge is like, oh, I'm a Democrat and I want to see change. And that's yeah. like been his deal. It's like I'm tired of having Democrats in an office. He's been working too, man. Like you said, he's he, been out on these streets. That's the thing. That's what, that, like, not to. I, I, like no, that, the Greenberg had his whole, I'm going to run in every suburb. And that kind of like. Came no, and went. Now, I, I think he did. No, I think he, 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 he went around and, and he, he definitely did. And that's cool. Like that's obviously unique to your, your campaign. Nobody else is doing that shit, but I, I does from my perspective and please don't attack me if this isn't true, because I am living in Athens, Ohio. So I, I can't <laughs> speak on this as concisely as some other people, but it does feel like he's been less of a public scene guy over the last month and a half versus uh, he's doing events. He's doing things. He's attending, but it's not maybe like this, meet and greet. Maybe this is the best way. Maybe this is the best way to describe it. 
he's more so acting to me like Fisher acts right now in terms of opening. I'm going to go to this opening. I'm going to go to this meeting of this group in this neighborhood. I'm going to go to do to, to this thing. He, he He's cutting the ribbon, but he's not in the crowd. Exactly. Right. Yeah. He, he, he's you. talking to the people who, I mean, to be frank, are the, are the, are the, the power brokers. He is. Mm-hmm. He's talking to the people that can help him get things done while he's in office. The problem is, is he's not in office yet. And I was, I've just, that's, I've kind of like told some people, Texas and people like, you know, what's going on over there? Like they're not, they haven't won yet. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure they're going to be fine. I'm sure. But it's just kind of one of those things. It's like, Hey, is, is, is everyone at their battle stations in the ship? You know, is everyone, is everyone at the wheel? Just everyone in the stadium, everyone in the stadium, is everyone coming? Everyone said they were coming to the game. Are they actually coming? That was yeah. incredible. As incredible. That's everything. Um, <laughs> uh, I know I, I didn't t- go ahead. No, go ahead. I, Do you have anything else on this? I was going to hit you with something completely different. No, I was just going to say, I'm glad we talked about this because I'm super intrigued and I'm super intrigued. You know, if there's another development to, I, I selfishly would just like this race to get closer because I'm curious to see what the reaction from both sides would be. I would be I curious see, to see. I do it. want to see a poll. I, I don't know if the, I mean, God knows the Courier Journal doesn't get the money they need to do anything. So, um, yeah. but I would love to see a poll. I would love to know what's actually going on. Um, would definitely love that. Um, really quickly. Uh, louder than life just happened. Yes. The weekend before was the Bourbon and Beyond Festival. There, I'm Correct. springing this on you, so you probably did see it. There was an opinion piece that came out over the weekend, um, but I will admit, as a as a uh, is a friend of a friend about uh, Terrence Sullivan um, about why doesn't Louisville have any festivals for R and B and hip hop music? And I just wanted to pick your brain on that. I wanted to see what you think. I mean, we do know that Forecastle Forecastle definitely went a little more towards R&B, probably more EDM than anything um, this past summer. Um, but I did. I did leave. I'll, I'll post the the link from Taryn Sullivan in the Courage, and I thought it was a well-thought-out piece. You know, basically said, you know, I don't feel like the community values me, the music community. Um, these, you know, festivals have been, they're geared towards wide audiences, 100%. Like, it's not, we can admit that freely and openly. Um, interested in, in, you know, we've had some discussions about hip hop in the city and, 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 you know, and, and how we can better serve that community and that it's not even just the African-American community city. So I'm curious on what your thoughts are. If you have any take, I'm springing this on you. So if you've got nothing, I, 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 I can understand that, but I want to get what your thoughts. And if you thought about that at all over the past few weeks, why do we not embrace our boxing history either? Those, I mean, those, those yeah, answers I'm shrugging. are shrugging. I'm shrugging. <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever those answers are, are probably tied together in some ways because some of the backgrounds shape the similar things. Um, for me to answer that question directly, I don't think it's something I should answer, but I would say that look around the Highlands and look at some of the acts that are performing locally. Um, there's an onus on some of the businesses to, get some of the musical acts from different genres to promote those people um, more than they already do. You know, some places do a fair good job of it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I I, I think I've, I've, 
contemplated for a really long time of writing something about similar about that, about why is there like no hip hop acts that ever perform in the Highlands and yeah, things along those lines. But if there was ever a time to fully embrace the, you know, uh, the rap scene in Louisville, it would probably be now when you have festival would be or a rap SG and Jack Harlow and Bryson Tiller and yeah, dude, do an R and B, do an R and B good good amount of other guys kind of blowing up those nights. Like I know, I know they've done like a few, like four or five acts will do like the yum center. And I think they sell out the lower bowl. At least I don't know if they try and Mm -hmm. do the upper bowl. Like I've seen that. I've seen pictures of that. I've seen they've done, you know, black comedy nights and at, at the yum center and it's sold the hell out. So, um, that's and that's one. Thing I think you could probably is like yeah. the money's there. This is what is like is like I don't buy that there's no money in it. Like it's just like I I buy that they don't want to put forth the effort. <laughs> you can probably, I would guess, and actually, I know for a fact in some of these places, I just don't know uh, from a totality perspective. But I think you could probably look at some of the places that host these events. And look at what the people look like that are in office and probably find your answer. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's, that's really all it kind of, it kind of comes down to. Yeah. And I even, I want to mention this, I, I'll post it, but like mentions the fact, like specifically. Cause I haven't, I haven't read, I read this, but I'm glad somebody wrote about it because I've, I've thought about this too. Yeah. He mentions four street live and the fact that, you know, four street live in Kansas city and Baltimore have like free R and B and hip hop shows. And it's just like, that's never the case here. Um, waterfront Wednesday, you know, has very gone into that space. Like, let's just see, let's, let's, let's take some more swings. I I, I hope people do. So I just wanted to spring that on you. I'm so, so, um, I'll, I'll post the link in the show notes, of course, because I think it was cool. It does seem like it, it does seem like lottery in life was good. As I joked with a buddy of ours who went, there's always like something about the lottery in life and bourbon and beyond thing that just like doesn't pass the smell test to me. Like, it's just like, <laughs> like, like it's always sunny in Philadelphia, like comes to Louisville to this random festival in the, in a parking lot to like do their live podcasts that they've only done like a handful of times. Like what's, what's going on here, man? What's- man, everybody, everybody jumps on the parking lot aspect of louder than life. I have had three or not even just you. I've had three or four conversations about louder than life over the last week. And the first sentence out of every person's mouth was parking lot. Like they just need to take away the concrete and put some dirt there. So people can stop using that as a, it's, as I mean, a hit I, it's them. on grass now, I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. It's on grass. Well, it's still, they, it's they, still they need to get better PR then. Yeah. I think that's, Expo. that's the second point. It's like, it's still the fucking fair expo center. Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree with you. I would have went to Louder Than Life if someone gave me a free ticket and I was in Louisville, but I would have not paid for tickets to go to Louder Than Life. I went to Bourbon Beyond the first year it happened and it was an absolute hysterical nightmare. Uh, That was at the first location. It was very, very funny leaving there. It wasn't funny for me. I was actually pretty angry, but it it was funny looking back now how much of a logistical nightmare it was. Um, Obviously, they moved locations because of that. So I hope it's in a better place now. But I think it's just a Louisville traditionalist in both of us, probably. It's interesting. It's interesting. We'll we'll, we'll see. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. And I mean, festivals are expensive. I get it. You know, yeah, it's just something. It's just something didn't pass the spell test to me. That's all I'm gonna say. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> okay. Uh, anything else from you, Chris? I think that covers it, man. This Everyone a have time. a good rest of their week. We got Everyone enjoy their weekend. Everyone enjoy Boston College coming up, like you said. Um, yeah, we'll live around the corner. It's October. My birthday is next week. Happy birthday to Gabe on Monday. My birthday's on Monday. I have to go check. So, man, to, just like the least I've cared about a birthday. I cared so much about my birthday last year. Um, yeah, and here I am not caring at all. <laughs> also, please just go up, go outside over the next two weeks because you're gonna get like you're gonna get like two two weeks of fall in Louisville. And then and it's going to be 30, like 78 again. <laughs> yeah. And, and then it's going to go straight to 20 degrees. Um, so the weather, you know, they always say in Louisville, if you don't like the weather, wait around and a change. That one is for you, Ilya. I hope you're listening. Um, yeah. Weather jokes about Louisville, Kentucky. Gotta love them. Gotta love them. We'll, we'll close it up there. Thanks so much as always, Chris. Thanks everyone for listening. We will talk to you next time. Go cards. <laughs>